join me now in our litany of invitation and confession. We give God praise and thanksgiving on this good day. Let us worship God together. God has led us in the wilderness and has saved us in times of plenty and promise. The season is crowned with God's bounty. We have received an abundance to be shared. God nourishes the earth. God nurtures our lives. However, we confess that too often we have neglected God's gifts rather than expressing gratitude for them. We ask God to forgive us of ingratitude and false pride. We pause for a moment of silent confession. Beloved in Christ, our God is merciful and full of grace. We are forgiven. Let us live by the faith that makes us whole and makes it possible to love and forgive. Christian liturgical year on this day. We begin Advent just next Sunday. But on this day, we celebrate the festival of Thanksgiving and God's goodness to us. So welcome. Welcome to all of you, especially those of you who are guests with us today. There is on the edge of the order of service uh, a welcome card. If you fill that out, drop it in the plate. It'll help me connect and face with you. But also for any of you who would like to be prayed for this week. Uh, it's an honor for our staff and for our deacons to pray for you by name and my name. So you can place that on the card and drop it in. Some have come from far away, like Washington, D.C. Caitlin is here, who was ordained in our church and married in our church and moved to Washington. And welcome back home, Caitlin. Just last week, we showed a video with your picture in it right here as you told our story of being uh, uh, an involved church. So, welcome home and glad you're here. Also, look at all this. The bounty of God's goodness is displayed. Our missions ministry team does this. Uh, some of the, uh, the food will be going to the Buckhead Christian Ministries that some of us, some of you are involved in and we support. And then there's money that will be uh, going to Urban Recipe, which is a group that that. That's right, as I did not forget, uh, Jeremy Lewis, a former member of our church, uh, heads up indicator, and uh, it is a good gift to the community and provides food to hungry people. So, we have much to be grateful for, and this reminds us of this this day. The text that we will hear are texts about Thanksgiving. 
the first two of them I'll be preaching on. It starts with the story of when uh, the Hebrews get all the way to the promised land and the writer says, don't forget to pause and give thanks. And whatever else Thanksgiving is, it's sort of the, uh, the potting soil in which God grows our souls. So we listen with our hearts as well. In a week where the news and the views have been heavy, we are buoyed by gratitude and the love of God. Welcome. Let's listen. Our first reading this morning is from the book of Deuteronomy. Upon entering the promised land, the people were to bring their story of God's deliverance along with the produce of the land and celebrate God's bounty with all the people. When you have come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, and you possess it and settle in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And you shall put it in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. You shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, Today I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. When the priest takes the basket from your hand and sets it down before the altar of the Lord your God, you shall make this response before the Lord your God. As a wandering Aramean was my ancestor, he went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien. Few in number, and there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. The Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with a terrifying display of power and with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now... I bring the first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given me. You shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down before the Lord your God. Then you, together with the Levites and the aliens who reside among you, shall celebrate with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. Here ends the first lesson. Please pray with me. We come to you in prayer this morning, O Lord, entering this week of thanksgiving with a Sunday to proclaim the many blessings in our lives, all of which we know come from you. We come this day with our children leading us and bringing the first fruits to the altar, laying them before you to proclaim with hands and faces full of joy, profound thanks for all that you give, provide, and bless us with, both in this season and throughout the year. For all the fruits you give to us that blossom and grow in our lives, Lord, we return our thanks with our voices, our hearts, and with our prayers. On this Sunday of Thanksgiving, Lord, many celebrations we find in our lives for which we offer our gratitude, for health, for loving family relationships, for bright friendships, 
for warm homes, for delicious food, plentiful clothing, financial stability, safe neighborhoods, communities, and countries in which to live. But as we count the blessings in our own lives, Lord, we pray and we confess that we see and we hear and we know that so many more of your children, Lord, cannot account for the same blessings. For so many of your children in this world, your world, Lord, do not live within the comfort of joyful relationships or in homes that are warm and filled with plenty. And they are certainly not surrounded with safety, security, health, and peace. Lord, we see, we know, and we hear of the instability in so much of our world in Hong Kong, Kashmir, Bogota, Bolivia, Syria, and here in Santa Clarita, California, as a community mourns yet more young lives lost to the epidemic of gun violence. Oh Lord, as we pray with thanksgiving this morning, please hear us in your mercy as we pray and ask for your blessings upon these, our brothers and sisters in this world. Blessings of peace in place of conflict, safety in place of danger, justice in place of inequality, grace in place of judgment, feast in place of hunger, and love in place of hate. Create in us, O Lord, a clean heart, one where the fruits of your blessings may grow. And in that garden, that sacred space, Lord Jesus, bless us, teach us, and move us to take the fruits which grow and give them to the world around us. To the child of God on the street who walks each day in threadbare clothing with no food to eat. To the child of God at our school who lives out each day with a heart full of contempt instead of compassion. To the child of God who is our neighbor or perhaps is our very self looking out at others with eyes focused on polarity instead of kinship. To all such as these, and yet so many more, bless us, O Lord, we pray, and guide us to be a blessing to this your world and to all your many children in it. And now, together as your children, deeply blessed by the saving gift of our Lord Jesus Christ, we lift our voices together, praying the prayer Jesus taught the first disciples, boldly saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let your requests be made known to God. 
And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Here ends the second lesson. I'd like to invite all the children to come forward. We will have a time together. All right, good to see you this morning. If you have an offering, you can hand it to Pastor Daniel. We'll put it right here in the place. Thank you. Everybody come sit. No, this is not a bugle. I'm going to tell you all about this. Aaron asked me if this was a bugle. I said no, but it could, it could be. But it's not. It's not. This is part of our lesson today, but it's not the whole part of our lesson. So today is our festival of Thanksgiving, but today's also the reign of Christ Sunday. And that's important because we recognize Jesus' authority on this day. But it's also the end of the church year. Did you know that? Because next week is the beginning of Advent, which is also the beginning of the church year. So this is like the end of the year today, which is important to think about because the end is always when we talk about, when we kind of like look to see where we are. And at the end of the church year today, when we do the festival of Thanksgiving, we have, uh, we have things to talk about that we bring. Like we brought this whole basket of fruit, right? up here and we did that because it's like bringing our fruits to God back in the day when people used to grow all of their own food like we would have grown our own food like in our backyard at the time of harvest that was like the end of the growing season and they had to bring all their all their food that they grew so they have something to eat so we kind of think of that too we're bringing these things to God so this Aaron said is it a bugle no it's it's not an ear cone this is a uh, cornucopia, and you might have seen one out there on the table, and there's also one up here, too, on the top of the table, and it's filled with fruits and vegetables, because cornucopia is a, is a Latin word that it's, it's a horn of plenty, and there's lots of stories about cornucopias all throughout history, and people use them for all sorts of things. Usually people, you see these at Thanksgiving and you think, well, did the pilgrims have that? But uh, no, not necessarily, but maybe. It's a, it's a symbol of plenty of things. So we fill these with fruits and vegetables and all sorts of stuff. And today, I want us to think about how each one of us, kind of, we all have a horn of plenty, right? Do you have plenty of clothes? Do you have uh, plenty of rooms in your house? Are they warm? How about shoes? You got shoes? Keep your feet warm in the winter. You got jackets? I bet you have more than one, don't you? Yeah. And how about food in your fridge? How much? So much. So much. So I think each one of us, we each kind of have our own horns of plenty. And at this time of year, it's important for us to think about our horns of plenty, because those are our blessings that God gives us. 
Now, right here, this is our paper that's right outside in the narthex. It's right underneath the beautiful tinsel Christmas tree. This is our paper that's all about all the mission projects and things that we are doing this Advent and Christmas season because with our horns of plenty, full of plenty of blessings, you know what? All of the plenty of blessings, we can use those to bless other people. So today when you go, I want you to grab one of these papers, okay? And make sure you give one to your mom and dad. And we can all grab one on our way out. And we can think about how we can give our blessings to bless other people this Thanksgiving and Christmas season. Okay? All right. Let's say a prayer. Dear God, thank you for all the blessings, the many blessings, the plenty blessings that you give each one of us and all of our families. Help us to think how we can bless others all the days of this Thanksgiving and Christmas season. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's go back. Then they said to him, 
What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give to us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of the Lord. There was a saying that I've heard a lot as a child, but it's not said much today, at least in my hearing. When I heard it back when I was a kid, it was said mostly by old people. That is, people about my age now and older. It was a phrase said in gratitude, like when you help a person upstairs. It was a phrase said in thanksgiving, like when you held the door open for somebody. The phrase was, much obliged. Have you heard it? Much obliged. I remember Kathy Harris. Where's Kathy Harris sitting? There you are. I remember several years ago I mentioned this, and you said, yeah, you remember old people in your family and community saying, much obliged. It may be a southernism, you know, kind of like fixing to get ready. Are you ready yet? Well, I'm fixing to get ready. Are you done? Well, hurting here. Maybe it's a southernism, much obliged. But this sermon is going to be a reclamation project for it. I'm a preservationist and want to bring back much obliged. Obliged can be a burden, you know, kind of like a bill due that I'm obliged to pay. But that's not how I mean it. I mean it not as a burden, but as a blessing. As in, because I have been given much, I want to give back. It's an opportunity to free up, to lay down, and to make room. Ah, yes, a reciprocity of generosity. If we let much obliged seep into us today, I wonder if, that, if, if it would seep all this Thanksgiving week long. And it could be that we come back to church next Sunday ready for Advent a little bit different because much obliged has changed us. Maybe holding that will change how we view ourselves or our stories or our souls. Maybe so. Well, there's a case study that we heard in the first lesson today. I'm going to call it the Much Obliged Spirituality Case Study. It's from the Old Testament text. It comes at the tail end of the book of Deuteronomy. You'll remember that all of the other books that lead up to that are the stories of 400 years of slavery in Egypt, 
And then God frees them from that, and then there's 40 years in the wilderness. God gets them through the wilderness wanderings, they cross the Jordan, and finally into the promised land, and then stop. That's what that text was this morning. It was the suggestion to stop. If the Exodus journey were a musical store, uh, a musical soar, let's say that different, score, S-C-O-R-E, musical score, it would be a cesura, right? Choir knows about cesuras. Uh, it's a technical musical term translated, it means railroad tracks, right? That is. You know, like hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Railroad tracks, cesura, hallelujah. You don't run through the railroad tracks. These are the caesuras of the Old Testament. Before rushing into what's next, pause and remember what's been. Because if we don't, we will forget that our story is larger than our loss. So stop. Sometimes life just does that for us. It just stops us cold. Like Stephen King, the uh, horror art author, the some of you like to read and watch. Uh, he, does, he, he does a great book on writing, if you haven't read that. But something happened to him February 13th, 1999. Stephen King, best-selling author, godfather of horror and hope, was taking his daily four-mile walk down Route 5 near his home in Maine. He was on the proper side of the road, and then he was hit. He was hit by a blue van atop the hill, lost control, and it rolled him over the windshield and left him run over in the ditch. By the time he got to the emergency room, he had multiple fractures to his leg and hip, a collapsed lung, broken ribs, and lacerations on his head. He survived, as you know, and then later when he was stable enough to give a press conference, one of the reporters asked him, uh, Mr. King, what were you thinking when you were on the side of the road knowing that you might die? And Stephen King gave a one-word answer. Gratitude. One word. He said gratitude. Life sometimes stops us like that and reminds us of this gift that we call life that is so precious and frail. Actually, liturgy sort of reenacts that every week. Liturgy is taking what we do every day and every week and magnifying it so that it's visible and it's sacramental. Like the word Sabbath. You know what the word Sabbath means? It's not worship. It's not reverence. The word Sabbath means stop, quit, cease, sejura. And so we come in and stop the machine that has kept us on the treadmill all week. And we do like a wedding rehearsal, like we had right here Friday night and then the wedding last night with Will and Allison. We practice walking in, we practice knowing where to stand, what to say, what to do, and then we practice leaving. You do that every day of your life. But inside the sacred space, it reminds us how the ordinary is extraordinary. 
Bring the first fruit, says the text writer. Bring the fruits from the land, this new land you'll have arrived in that God gave you and the harvest that God gave you. Bring it in. God gave it to you. I don't know if they agreed with that, but that's what they were instructed to do. God gave you the harvest. I wonder if some of them felt like uh, the character that Jimmy Stewart played in Shenandoah. Remember that movie? Where he is a widower, widower, has seven kids, his wife has died, and she instructed him to rear all the children Christian. He's trying. They're all sitting around the table. You remember the prayer he prays in Shenandoah? Jimmy Stewart says, Lord, we cleared this land. We plowed it. We sowed it. We harvested it. We cooked the harvest. It wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be eating it if we hadn't done it all ourselves. We worked hard, hard for every crumb and morsel. But we thank you anyway, Lord, for this good food we're about to eat. Amen. I, I uh, identify with that. Of course, he left out a few things, like sunlight, which he didn't do, or photosynthesis, that miracle of biology that the plants do, or the water that falls, or the river that runs, or the porous dirt that holds oxygen, or the earth's nutrition. Gratitude is the potting soil. So the instructions are put all this in a basket, go to a holy place, and as the priest and you stand there, say this, a wandering Aramean was my father, and he went down to Egypt. There my people flourished, but they were a threat to Pharaoh and, and the Egyptian world. They were enslaved. God delivered our people, led us out of bondage, and we are here today. Amen. You're to say and tell that story. In other words, it's the narrative of the much obliged. It's an aha for us, too, that Thanksgiving is a time not only to bring our stuff, but bring something just as important to bring our story. All of the story. You hear? We went there. We were doing well. We prospered. We were enslaved. We were under the burden. Bring all of that to Thanksgiving. If we don't bring all of that, then the weariness of wandering will be the only story we tell. Or the anger of the feeling of abandonment will be the only story we tell. Or soul-taking slavery will be our only story. Sometimes it's hard to remember in the thick of things that our story is larger than our losses. And so we pray that and give that to God. This time of year, it can be easy to focus on what we don't have rather than what we do have. Let's do that. God brought us out, the text says. God got us through, the text says. And God led us into. And because of that, we say, much obliged. Did you hear in the story that God always throws a bigger party than we can imagine? Did you hear the word alien in the, in the text? Said twice. As in, they went down as aliens into the land of Egypt. And now when you celebrate having gotten into the promised land, bring all the family, all the Levites, and the aliens who reside among you, 
They too will celebrate the bounty that the Lord has given you. How about that? In other words, when it comes to God's census, every person is documented. Thornton Wilder, playwright, said, We can only be alive in those moments when our hearts are conscious of our treasures. We can only be alive in those moments when our hearts are conscious of our treasures. Do you have when moments? I had one this week, more than one, a when moment. I was grateful last night for Will and Allison as we tied the knot and they were here. And I referenced in the homily their website, wedding website, and it's all about Northside Drive Baptist Church. How they met here, dated here, fell in love here, worshiped here, a part of the family here, and wanted to celebrate their wedding here. I was touched also this week about how our young families are reaching out to one, to one another. Some families going through surgery, some with new babies being born, some having tough times. Andrea is sort of the neck of the hourglass through which all this, the sand of caregiving is passing and helping us find ways to be kind to our friends and those we love. Talked to a couple this week and I said to them, thank you for being so loving to this family who is in need. They seemed surprised that I affirmed them. And they said, well, well, sure, we love them. It's a superpower that Northside Drive Baptist Church has. The way I put it, we will love you if you will let us. So get ready. <laughs> Brace yourself. For the church, for Northside Drive, I believe this is obligato. Another fancy music word. It means this musical part of the song cannot be neglected. It's that essential. And that kind of loving stewardship is that obligato for us. Like music, gratitude is a practiced thing. And the story of Deuteronomy says that it's so. Do it and then do it again and do it again. Matter of fact, do that every year as a sacrament of thanksgiving. Giving that makes meaning more powerful. What do you say? We parents say to our kids, what do you say? Thank you. Well, let them fuss. Tell them to say, thank you. Because gratitude is something that has to be practiced. It's like a page from our diary, this last part of the epistle lesson that was read earlier. It says, Keep on doing these things that you have learned and received and heard, and the God of peace will be with you. I was, I was thinking as we entered this Thanksgiving week about what our charter members gave us. Let's see what we learned, received, and heard from them. And it was some sort of a double helix of gratitude and generosity that's deep in our bone marrow. I thought in particular of Louise Davis. And when Louise was dying, uh, not long in a way after Bedford was, she was, she was in ICU a week after uh, Bedford's uh, funeral. 
And I went to see her in Austell, there in ICU. She had a O2 nasal cannula. She had IV lines everywhere. She said, can you believe this? I said, well, I guess I have to. And uh, we visited and we prayed. And then she said, uh, as I was on my way out, she said, uh, would you do something for me? You know me. For me. And I said, well, what is it? And she said, I have a wedding gift that I finished making. Would you deliver it to the family? Now, this isn't a template for ministry, by the way. I said, yes, Louise, I'll deliver it. So I go by the house to deliver it. But before I left the room, she said, oh, there's something else. Okay. What else, Louise? And she reaches in her purse by the IV pump and pulls out an envelope and says, there's a check in here that's my weekly offering to the church. I won't be able to be there on Sunday. Would you put it in the offering plate for me? I said, I sure will. I don't remember exactly what she said next, but I have a hunch. I bet she said, much obliged. Amen. Is our tradition that when a word is offered, a time of invitation and dedication is also given. We sing a song today about the Lord of Harvest. It's part of our story in the much of lives, in re returning to God some of what we've been loaned by God. This may be a new hymn to some of you. There's three stanzas. We're going to let the choir teach us the first stanza, and then we will stand and sing the second and third. Let's prepare our hearts and listen right now.
I'd like to tell you about a few things that are upcoming in the life of our congregation. First, you can read about many of the things I'll tell you in the back of your order of worship, in case you missed the details. But this afternoon, we'll have our community Thanksgiving service. That's an annual service. This year will be at a different time, noted at 4 p.m. at New Hope AME. James and I will be participating in that. We hope you can join us for that interfaith and ecumenical service at 4 p.m. Advent is upon us. Can you believe it? Next Sunday will be the first Sunday of Advent. We'll have the hanging of the green. There will be a reception in the Art and Soul classroom with uh, beverages and food provided at 9.30. And then at 9.45, we invite you to come down to the Narthex and we'll begin our hanging of the green service. We have a special guest. It will be Joshua Messick, who will be playing uh, the hammered dulcimer. Uh, during that service and, of course, in our regular 11 a.m. service as well. So make plans to join us next week. Note, too, that on Gaudete Sunday, which is the third Sunday of Advent, that's December 15th, when we'll hear part one of Handel's Messiah, that the service begins at 10.30 a.m. We'll also have a reception that morning, and there won't be church school unless there are some dissenters who want to have church school. Now... I want to go ahead and invite Simon Goodhead to come forward this time. There you are, Simon. If you could make your way to the lectern. Simon will be bringing us a, a special uh, stewardship emphasis moment. There's much to be thankful for. Out of the gratitude of your hearts when you leave today, grab one of the notes from our giving tree, and you'll be brightening a family's life this Advent. Simon. Thanks. Um, it's been about 12 years since I moved to this country with just a handful of boxes and a uh, handful of clothes, really. I'd never really been part of the church community in England, and so you could say my cornucopia was quite small at the time, <laughs> uh, perhaps less copia. And within about a year, uh, I first came to this church uh, for our good friends Graham and Josh Mudd's wedding, and it struck us how wonderful the community was here. We spent probably a year or so visiting some other churches and never really found somewhere that had the match of values and what we felt was right in the community of what we were looking for. We became members and started pledging with what we could and over time that has changed and evolved. And when we think about uh, what pledging means, we think about, certainly within our family, our ministerial team and the rest of the staff, our missions team, our ministries, including, of course, the choir, which currently I'm preventing from singing. Um, so it, it means a lot to us. And we've had a tremendous, tremendous response with the pledging for our 2020 budget. I've received a note from Jordan a couple of weeks ago, and, and it really was very positive. There's still a gap. And so if it's something where uh, you feel that it's appropriate, there's these pledge cards in the narthex. Grab one, complete it with what you can, and uh, contribute as best you're able. If you've got questions about what the finance team is doing and uh, what the 2020 budget looks like, Find one of the finance committee team members and we'll be happy to have that conversation. Thank you and have a wonderful Sunday.
Simon, we love you and love your family and so grateful that you came and gave us that message this morning. We have many that we're grateful for and, and many that we pray for this morning. James mentioned uh, the joy that we had yesterday in seeing Will and Allison tie the knot just a few hours ago right behind me. What a joy to see those two that met in this church, Mary, and to hear Kirk Thomas play last night at the reception. It was truly a Northside Drive affair through and through. Some to pray for this morning by name. I mentioned uh, Valerie Hardy uh, contacted us about some tough times that her mother Muriel is going for, through prayers for Valerie and Muriel. Uh, prayer for Charlie Dunn, who um, young Maggie told me is hoping to come home today with Mama Jill. And prayer for Ava Grace Cook, who had successful surgery last Thursday and is recovering at home with her family. We pray for them. We're grateful for them. And we're grateful for our choir that will be leading us in this Thanksgiving offertory hymn that begins with, Now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices. Thank you, the choir.
They brought it up out of our hearts and through our voices and to our ears the joy of giving thanks for hearts and hands and voices. They also bring tears of gratitude that we have so much and we have it among the people with whom we share. We pray that you would bless these offerings that we bring in gratitude. And as we do, may it be used in service all week long, urban recipe and beyond. So bless and help and heal us, we pray. And in all ways, we are much obliged. In Christ's name, amen.
Remember the four o'clock service, the interfaith service we will have at New Hope AME. Hope to see you there. And as we go into the week of Thanksgiving, remember this. May the strength of Christ uplift you, the comfort of the Holy Spirit surround you, and the grace and mercy of God give you hope and give you courage this day and every day as we prepare to go in peace. Amen.
Yeah. 